Welcome to the evening episode of Honey in the Rock. We hope you've had a great day and we've got a great show ahead for you. Stick with us. This evening's episode is titled, Cleave Unto the Lord Your God. It shall be focused on a study of Joshua chapter 23. Before we go any further, we'll begin with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, which tells us to cleave unto you and to your word. Father, help us to take our eyes off of the world and to set our eyes transfixed on you. Speak to us for the remainder of this episode in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall study Joshua chapter 23. Chapter 23. And it came to pass a long time after that the Lord had given rest unto Israel from all their enemies round about, that Joshua waxed old and stricken in age. And Joshua called for all Israel, and for their elders, and for their heads, and for their judges, and for their officers, and said unto them, I am old and stricken in age, and ye have seen all that the Lord your God hath done unto all these nations because of you. For the Lord your God is he that hath fought for you. Behold, I have divided unto you by lot these nations that remain to be an inheritance for your tribes from Jordan, with all the nations that I have cut off, even unto the great sea westward. And the Lord your God, he shall expel them from before you and drive them from out of your sight, and ye shall possess their land as the Lord your God hath promised unto you. Be ye therefore very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, that ye turn not aside therefrom to the right hand or to the left, that ye come not among these nations, these that remain among you, neither make mention of the name of their gods, nor cause to swear by them, neither serve them nor bow yourselves unto them, but cleave unto the Lord your God, as ye have done unto this day. For the Lord hath driven out from before you great nations and strong. But as for you, no man hath been able to stand before you unto this day. One man of you shall chase a thousand. For the Lord your God, he it is that fighteth for you, as he hath promised you. Take good heed therefore unto yourselves, that ye love the Lord your God. Else if ye do in any wise go back and cleave unto the remnant of these nations, even these that remain among you, and shall make marriages with them, and go in unto them and they to you, know for a certainty that the Lord your God will no more drive out any of these nations from before you, but they shall be snares and traps unto you and scourges in your sides, and thorns in your eyes, until ye perish from off this good land, which the Lord your God hath given you. And behold, this day I am going the way of all the earth. And ye know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing hath failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spake concerning you. All are come to pass unto you, and not one thing hath failed thereof. Therefore it shall come to pass, that as all good things are come upon you, which the Lord your God promised you, 
so shall the Lord bring upon you all evil things, until he have destroyed you from off this good land which the Lord your God hath given you. When ye have transgressed the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, and have gone and served other gods, and bowed yourselves to them, then shall the anger of the Lord be kindled against you, and ye shall perish quickly from off the good land which he hath given unto you. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled The End Time Evangelism. This was preached in 1962 on June the 3rd. We'll begin at paragraph 138 up to paragraph 162. I trust you'll find it to be a blessing. God wants his people to be separated from unbelief and unbelievers. So many of you people make a mistake in this. Sometimes let your children play out here a little Oswald, see? I don't mean to be different now and starchy and so forth and be some kind of a fanatic. I don't mean that. But you let a, uh, you be sure who your daughter goes out with at night time. Maybe you've raised her a godly little old girl around the church and the first thing you know she gets out with Oswald or some of them and, and uh, he's an atheist unbeliever and her life will come up ruined and you don't know what he's, see? Then he'll marry her and look where your kids are, your grandchildren are, see? Be careful. God wants his people to be separated. You read Exodus 34, 12 once and see what God told Israel. When you go over in that land, it's clean out. Everything's there. Don't you have one thing to do with it. Joshua, also 23rd chapter and 12th verse. Watch what Joshua said. Now God's brought you to this good land, like the church now. He said, it's brought you to this good land. Do you enjoy it? They say, amen, we enjoy it. He said, now there's some remnant of these unbelievers out here, and don't you associate with them. Don't go with him. Don't you, sister. If that boy wants to take you to a bar room somewhere just to have a friendly little drink, stay away from him. And the same thing, you boys, to that girl that would do the same thing. Stay away from him. Now, you go to say, Brother Bram's an old crank, but one of these days you'll find out if you've been along the trail that I've been along, you'd, you'd know that's right. Yes, sir. How many times have I seen in the confession rooms where the young girls would come and in disgrace that Mark will go with her till she dies and the things that she said once strays in a fine Christian home but here's what happened. She went out with this boy. He was just so cute she just couldn't keep away from him and, and uh, all like this and the first thing he smoked cigarettes and had a flask in his pocket and they got to drinking and here you are. See, there she is in disgrace and that. Oh, it's a pitiful thing. You see it on both sides. So just stay away. Separate yourself. Be nice and kind to everybody, but don't be partakers of their sins. Stay away from it. Yes, sir. And it's always, friends, the leaders, each time through the change of these dispensations, it's got the people all messed up. It hasn't been so much the people. If the gospel would have stayed in the pulpit where it belonged, like I was talking to the Bethany College there, the Luthers, he said, Brother Branham, what do you think we have? And I, I said, I said, well, here's what it is. He said, what's the difference between this Pentecost you're talking about and us Lutherans? I said, the Pentecostal church is the advanced Lutheran church. It's exactly right. If you'd stayed where you should have been, you'd have been Pentecostal too. And we we're all talking about, like I heard someone say this morning, that uh, all churches, all, all the first religion, all Christians really come from Rome. I want somebody to prove that to me. I'll admit all the denominations come from Rome. But Christians begin at Jerusalem. 
So if the Catholic hierarchy wants us all to return back to the mother of Christendom, I'll agree with him that. Let's go back to Pentecost and all get the Holy Ghost. I'll agree with him that. That, it never come from Rome, it come from Pentecost. Right. The church wasn't inaugurated at Rome, it was inaugurated on the day of Pentecost. Right. Amen. Sure, not under their dogmas, but under the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Right. That's what I'm trying to say. If we go back, let's go back to the beginning of it. Right. Not back to the denomination, you go to Rome. Because they was the first one who had an organization or a denomination. And it's a mother of all of them. And the Bible said so in the Revelation 17. She's a prostitute herself and a mother of harlots. Her daughter. Amen. That's what the Bible said. Jesus Christ said that that Roman Catholic Church was a prostitute and all of her Protestant daughters were harlots with her. And he said, Come out from among them, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins, and I'll receive you, and you'll be sons and daughters to me. See? There you are. See? Having forms of godliness and denying the power thereof and so forth. You precious Methodists, how you used to have the power of God among you. I went and stood, I wore John's robe when I was in London, England to pray for King George that time. And they took me up there at Wesley's Chapel where he preached at 1500 every morning at 5 o'clock before the man went to work. Sat there in a seat where he converted this rooster fighter and I, I sat in the seat and stood there and got up in his pulpit and prayed in the room where he went to heaven. I thought, oh, if John could know what that Methodist church has done and turn over in his grave. When you used to pray for the sick and have great signs, when John Wesley, standing out there at that shrine, I stood by, where's a tree that day preaching divine healing? And uh, the high church of England, the Anglican church, went and turned a bunch of the members, come down there and turned loose a fox and a bunch of hounds and scattered John's uh, congregation. Little old John never weighed over 110 pounds any time in his life, but he's churned. And he pointed his fingers and he said, You hypocrite! The sound I've set on your head three times till you'll call for me to pray for you. And he died that evening with cramps in his body calling for John to come pray for him. And he died. See? Oh, if you Methodists would be Methodists like that, you'd be Pentecost. That's right. What about you Baptists? You run down to church for a few minutes and the pastor preaches over 15 minutes you want to excommunicate him. John Smith, the founder of the Meth- uh, Baptist church, Prayed all night at times and cried over the sins of the people until his eyes would go shut from crying and his wife would lead him to the table and feed him out of a spoon his breakfast. Can't pray 15 minutes. No more. What's the matter? See, you got traditions mixed into it. The message still moves on. Israel followed the pillar of fire. Where it stopped, they stopped. Where it went, they went. The pillar of fire is moving on. Yes, now... We find out it's the leaders that does it. The leaders have always been the mix. Look at old Dathan back there in the Bible time in Moses' dispensation of the law. He was the one who led the mixed multitude. Dathan. It was Korah when God raised his prophet. Moses. And he had the word of the Lord. He had two and a half million people out there in that desert. And Jethro come up and said, Moses, it's going to kill you. Your burden so great. God took... Part of his spirit and put it up on 70 elders and they prophesied it never weakened Moses a bit. He, but Moses was still the last answer because he had, Thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. You can't go under a group of men. I, I defy any time it, it ever went, God ever did use a group of men. He uses one man. Amen. Exactly. One man at a time. Because two men's got two opinions. One man. Exactly right. Notice. Now, Every dispensation has been that way, all the way down through. It's been that way every time. And there stood Moses. And you know what Korah said? He said, why, Moses acts like he's the only one can preach. Oh, yeah. 
He's the only one's got the message. Oh, we know that pillar of fire hangs over him. We know that light's over him. We know all that. But he acts like, and he's the only one's got the message. He didn't mean that. He didn't mean it that way. He was trying to correct the people. There's too many ideas. You got to listen to something. And what happened? God said, just separate yourself from him. Because I'll swallow him and his congregation in the earth, and the earth opened up, and fire come out, and they went out. See, The mix, the leaders. The leaders what caused the trouble amongst the people. If it wasn't today, we could come here in this city and every church and every congregation come together. Why, they'd have this place, they'd have oh, every liquor store be closed. Why, this city would be so dry to a bootlegger would have to prime himself a half hour to get enough moisture about him to spit. He, why, it would be, oh, excuse me, I ought have said that. Wait, listen, what I'm meaning is this. We are all scattered. It's the leaders. God can come in to do something and the leaders of these little groups afraid something's going to get lost. They'll stay up, pull them away from it. Yeah. Instead of accepting God's message. It was the leaders in the days of Noah. It was the leaders in the days of Moses. It was the leaders in the days of Jesus. It's the leaders today in the Holy Spirit. Amen. The mixed multitudes. They say, oh, let the women do that. Why are you hollering at them? As I've said, I believe here before, someone said to me the other day, because I'm always trying to get my sisters to line up. See, they're the target. They've been the target in every age. Satan used them back there in the Garden of Eden. And he used them each time. And when the Bible points out about America and its women in the last days, then I start to hammer away at it. Someone said, Brother Branham, people regard you as a prophet. I said, I'm not. He said, but they regard you as that. Why don't you teach them people how to get great spiritual gifts? Teach them things. If you God deals with you, we know that. So won't you teach them when instead of always cutting at them? I said, I've preached to them for 31 years. And how can I teach them? Uh, how can I teach them algebra when they don't even know their ABCs? <laughs> Why is it won't even cope and act like women? Why is it keep doing the way they're doing? How can you teach them spiritual things when they won't even believe natural things? How can you teach them those things? Let the church come up into that realm, and then they can be taught in that realm how to receive gifts of God and how to manifest gifts and things. But the Holy Spirit will never let it come to that heart's right and ready to receive it. Thank God standing out like a great pressure. Don't pray that there'll be too many of them. You can't exhaust God. Could you imagine a little rat about that long little mouse under the great garners of Egypt saying, I better eat one grain of wheat a day. I might run out before next harvest. <laughs> Could you imagine a little fish about that long swimming out in the middle of the ocean said, I better drink of this water sparingly because... It, you know, it might go dry sometimes. <laughs> oh my, that's trying to exhaust God's goodness and mercy to His people. He wants to bless you. He's ready. He's pressing. Could you imagine taking all the waters in the earth, the seas and everything, and piling it in one four-foot pipe and put it up there, the pressure be on the bottom of it? Trying to find a little crevice to leak its way through. That's like the pressure of the Holy Spirit trying to come down on every life. But they won't do it. They love creeds and things better than they love God. You've got to sell out the things of the world and believe God. That can't be denied. You've seen it year after year and time after time. And Joseph said one time, it never misses. It's got to be God. See? And it's God's promise of the day. Not me. I ain't God's promise. I'm a man. I'm talking about His Holy Spirit. And sure, that's the promise of the day. Anywhere, anybody. As we get towards the end of this episode, we end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your mighty love. We thank You, Lord, that there is no one like Thee. We pray, Father... May all the words that we've learned today take preeminence in our heart and may we align our lives with your word. We thank you, Lord, that 
You've given us your word to cleave unto. May we hold on fast to that and not to our doctrines, not to the ideas of man, not to the interpretations of man, but to hold clearly and fully to that word and keep it in sight and keep our eyes transfixed on your cross and not look to the left or to the right, but to continue marching forward. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, we'd really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.
Let's keep trying.